Hey, what's up? It's Jared with Ditch Auto. Today we're going to compare the Sony a6400 and the Canon 90D. Now, before I dive in, there's going to be a lot of differences here, obviously, because they're two different manufacturers and one is mirrorless and one is DSLR. And I've been shooting Sony for the last almost six years, but prior to that, I shot Canon for 10 years. And so I do love both of these manufacturers and I have strong opinions about both of them as well. So some of that may leak out here. And this video is like to be a little bit longer, so I apologize for that ahead of time. But this is the kind of conversation that I think is important to have if you're maybe deciding to switch to Sony, or maybe you're deciding to stay with Canon, or maybe you haven't made a decision on what platform at all yet. This conversation, I think, is an important one to have. And if you don't have friends or people in your life that are other photography enthusiasts, it's just great to be able to have conversations like this. And I've definitely had conversations like this with, uh, with some of you down in the comment section below, uh, other photographers that I commune with. And so it's great to have these types of discussions. So DSLR versus mirrorless is just a talk that I want to get out of the way really quick. Obviously, mirrorless is where it seems all of these manufacturers are spending a lot of their time and putting a lot of their um, latest technology and stuff in. Mirrorless kind of feels like it's where the future is going. There are a lot of good reasons why you would still buy a DSLR camera and why they still exist. DSLR cameras are great. They are very functional. They seem to be maybe a little bit more durable and just able to withstand things than the electronics of these cameras. Of course, uh, just like when we went from CD Walkman to an iPod or something like that, where we went from having a moving, spinning object inside of our music device to a entire solid state, there were some changes in stability there. There aren't really any moving parts inside of this camera, whereas the DSLR does have some moving parts inside of it. But of course, when you take the lens off of the camera, the most vulnerable part of the camera, the sensor, is not always available to just, you know, hit or get knocked with stuff or have dust blown in it. And so um, there's some trade-offs there. What I do like about mirrorless is the fact that when you look into the EVF of the camera, the viewfinder, it's a what you see is what you get kind of experience. And that can be really good for most situations. It could be kind of tough if you're shooting more in a studio scenario where you have strobes set up around you. Of course, mirrorless is getting better at that than it used to be. But in a studio environment, being able to look through the optical viewfinder of your camera and see through the camera, exactly what your eye would see is kind of nice. Whereas when you're looking through the EVF of the camera, you're seeing exactly what the camera sees, which sometimes can be subject to, uh, I mean, your settings are definitely going to affect that. And so it's there's pros and cons there either way. And if you're interested in me doing more of an in-depth DSLR versus mirrorless video, definitely let me know down in the comment section below. And I will jump on that because even though a lot of people have talked about this, I have strong opinions uh, based on the type of shooting that I do and what I'm most commonly doing. And I feel like I shoot a lot of different types of photography all across the board. And so I, I have... I have experience too, I guess. So I don't know. If you like my opinion on things, let me know and I'll do that type of video. 
There's also the whole Canon versus Sony conversation here to be had where speed, dynamic range, and color science all come into the picture. Of course, with Sony, there's things like low light performance that have blown away Canon. Of course, Canon is, is kind of catching up a little bit again, even though Canon at one time was the leader in low light. Um, the mirrorless cameras typically are a little bit faster at things than DSLRs. Uh, they have a little bit better dynamic range. Of course, if you look at all of the camera tests that are out there, mirrorless cameras are at the top of the dynamic range. But even with that, there's still, it comes down to, well, how good does the image look? Dynamic range is one thing, but how does the image look? And a lot of people just really love the color science of the Canon image, both with photos and video. So there's something to be said there. To talk a little bit more about the low light performance, mirrorless cameras just tend to do a lot better in low light. And I think it's just because the uh, camera is completely electronic. The sensors are coming out much more sensitive and there are different things that the DSLR cameras have to do that this camera does not because there are two different types of functions that this camera has to operate in, both a looking through the optical viewfinder and having that focusing capability. Uh, and then there's also another focusing capability that the camera has to have when you're looking and actually viewing the live view on the back of the screen. So DSLR cameras have kind of a dual function that they have to perform, whereas the, uh, the mirrorless cameras is more of a single fu function and the autofocus capabilities have gotten a lot better as well in these cameras. The price is also a conversation to have if you've been looking at prices, you probably noticed that the camera bodies themselves from Sony seem to be a little bit cheaper, but maybe the lenses seem to be a little bit more expensive. Obviously there have gotten to be a lot of options now in lenses for both cameras. Canon, of course, uh, has, has more lens options for their DSLR than maybe what Sony has for mirrorless, but Sony has so many more than they used to have, and that conversation isn't as much of a big deal anymore because there are so many lenses that are available. And Sony lenses are kind of expensive, but there are a lot of aftermarket lenses that are cheaper. And of course, even the cheaper Sony lenses are also really good performers as well. So let's talk about the similarities of these cameras. Despite the fact that they're both different in their technology, one is DSLR, one is mirrorless, they are both APS-C cameras with a CMOS sensor that is 14-bit, and so they both have a crop factor. The Canon has a 1.6 crop factor, and the Sony has a 1.5. Essentially, what that means is that the sensor size is a little bit different, and that's going to affect the way that these lenses operate. So if you have a 24 to 70 on this Canon and a 24 to 70 on this Sony, the 24 to 70 on the Canon is actually going to seem a little bit closer to the subject or the object than on the Sony. And so depending on on whether or not that's a big deal to you, that's a factor. Now, both of these cameras also support their APS-C lenses and full-frame lenses. Now, for me, I've always invested in full-frame lenses because I knew that I wasn't always gonna be on crop sensor cameras. I eventually wanted to go full-frame. And even though I still have some crop sensor cameras, I primarily shoot with full-frame cameras. And so I invest in full-frame lenses, but the full-frame lenses from both Canon and Sony work on their crop sensor cameras. So the Sony FE full frame mount lenses work here on this with the E-mount camera. And then the 
Canon EF lenses are going to work, uh, or the EFS lenses are going to work on this camera as well. So that's not a big deal, but it's nice to have the support of both of those. Both cameras are excellent at autofocus tracking. There's been a lot that has happened over the last several years with autofocus, with eye autofocus, and all of these new things that are coming out. Canon with their dual pixel autofocus has been really good and their subject tracking is fantastic. And then Sony making leaps and bounds over the last few years with their autofocus tracking and eye autofocus with the kind of the AI assisted or whatever they're utilizing to make sure that the camera stays locked onto a subject. Both of these cameras do a great job at that. Now, both of these cameras are SD card cameras and have a single SD card slot. They also both have pop-up flash. Of course, the pop-up flash on this camera is uh, quite larger than what you're going to expect on this little camera, little tiny pop-up flash. I don't usually use a pop-up flash on my cameras at all, but both cameras do have them. Now, if you wanna shoot time lapses, you could do that with both of these cameras without any external equipment because both of them can do internal interval recording and that's fantastic. You just go into the settings and set that up both cameras offer that. Now, for those of you that wanna shoot video, both of these cameras do 4K up to 30P, and they also do high-speed frame rates for HD up to 120P. So what 120P allows you to do is slow that footage down in post-production up to 4X so that you can get nice, smooth, slow-motion footage, but of course, you have to be in HD for that. Both of these cameras have external ports for operating with an external microphone, which is great, so you can get better audio quality when you're shooting video. Now they also both have really good battery life. Canon has been utilizing the same size of battery for a long time, even though they have recently improved the battery, you're gonna get really good battery life out of the 90D. Sony in this camera didn't change their battery style, but they improved the camera overall to get much better battery life and performance out of the same battery that they've had out for a number of years now. So let's talk about some of the differences between these cameras. Now they were very consistent models as far as the size of image that they shot when this was the 80D but the 90D jumped up to 32.5 megapixels and the Sony a6400 is 24.2 megapixels. So you're gonna get a much higher resolution image out of your 90D than your a6400. Uh, so if that matters to you, you might choose the 90D over the a6400. The viewfinder we talked a little bit about is different. We have an electronic viewfinder here and we have an optical viewfinder over here. The a6400 does have a higher native ISO than the 90D. Of course, both of these cameras do perform really well in low light situations, but the native ISO range is really the only thing I pay attention to because it's what the camera can do natively without going into a boost mode. And the a6400 has a higher native ISO. Now, for those of you that shoot sports or higher speed things and want that continuous shooting, you're gonna get 11 frames per second out of the Sony and 10 frames per second out of the Canon. Now, the Canon does have a limitation of shooting 25 raw images, so that full resolution going full speed on this camera is gonna be a bit slower than what you're gonna get out of the a6400 that can shoot a lot faster for a lot longer. Now, both of these cameras don't have any form of stabilized sensor, but the 90D actually has an electronic stabilization option when shooting video, and I really like using that because it helps steady up your shot, whereas your a6400 doesn't have any form of stabilization unless you put a lens on that does have some stabilization, which helps, but it's not as good as also having something going on inside of the camera body. Of course, there's a little bit of crop that happens in that electronic stabilization, but I think it's worth it when it comes to getting a nice steady shot handheld. 
Now the 90D has a 30 minute time recording limit whereas the A6400 is only limited by the battery life or the size of the SD card that you have in it. So there's no 30 minute time recording limit on the A6400. Now I mentioned earlier that both of these cameras have jacks for external microphones but the 90D is the only one that has a headphone jack. That's something missing on the A6400. Now autofocus and low light is something that's really important and even though the 90D has much improved low light autofocus sensitivity over the 80D, the A6400 definitely beats it out in low light sensitivity. Not only is that sensor a little bit more sensitive having that native ISO that's better, but the overall autofocus sensitivity is a little bit greater on this camera and in my tests I've noticed that the A6400 achieves autofocus much easier in really low light situations than the 90D. Now the monitor articulation is something that's definitely much different on these cameras. The A6400 added the ability to flip your screen all the way up. So if you shoot selfie or vlog, you can look directly into your lens and see that monitor right above the lens. Of course, if you put a uh, microphone on top of your camera, it's gonna obstruct it. You might need a little bit of a bracket on your camera like I have, so I could put the, the uh, microphone on the side. But the 90D has that Canon flip out screen that comes out to the side, which some people like, some people don't. And so you can actually flip that all the way around and articulate it all the way around. I like being able to look straight down the center of my camera. And so having that screen off to the side kind of messes with me a little bit, but I still do like having that screen off to the side for shooting because I can always monitor myself. And there's really nothing that gets in the way of the screen except for the ports. And so if you're gonna be shooting with things plugged into the ports, that's gonna become a little bit of a frustration. Of course, your microphone jack is gonna go right in there and your microphone jack well, it isn't really going to cover up too much, but the ports are definitely going to get in the way a little bit there. So it's hit or miss, pros and cons. It depends on what you're going to be utilizing it for. Now this year, Canon added both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to the 90D. Prior to that, it only had Wi-Fi. The A6400 only has Wi-Fi. It does not have Bluetooth. You might utilize Bluetooth in those situations where you wanted to be connected to your phone so that when you're shooting photos, it's automatically writing that GPS data that your phone could capture to the image. And that's something that, of course, you can achieve easily with the 90D because of Bluetooth. It's going to be a little bit trickier to achieve that with the A6400 unless you're maintaining a constant Wi-Fi connection to your phone. Now obviously one big difference between these cameras is the size and the weight. Now the whole mirrorless is lighter conversation has definitely changed as a lot of Sony's lenses are kind of heavy. But when comparing these two cameras, the A6400 is so much lighter than the 90D. And then when you factor in a lot of the lenses, especially if you're gonna shoot with E-mount APS-C style lenses, your A6400 package is gonna be significantly lighter. The 90D without any lens is 1.54 pounds, whereas the A6400 is 14.22 ounces, and that includes having a battery and a memory card in it. So this is definitely more carryable than the 90D, if that's something that you're looking for. So why would you choose the 90D in a world that seems to be going more mirrorless? Well, if you have a lot of existing Canon stuff, then maybe sticking to Canon would be a good option for you. If you have a lot of Canon glass and maybe even some Canon batteries and maybe an external flash or some other accessories for your Canon camera, 
and they're still in good quality, you may want to stay with Canon because it's going to cost you a little bit of money to move over into the Sony platform. Now, of course, you can adapt your Canon glass to a Sony camera, but it's still just not as good of an experience as you using native products from that manufacturer. So if you have a lot of Canon glass and equipment, you're not ready to really make that move yet, or you need your camera to operate to the best of its ability, I would stick with Canon because the native Canon glass on the native Canon body is going to be a better overall experience than adapting it to a Sony. Now the Sony camera is quite small and so the ergonomics of this 90D are definitely a lot better. There's a lot more to hold on to here and the buttons are a lot easier to get to. The a6400 is really small. The buttons are a little bit more challenging because they're so close together and there aren't nearly as many of them. So that overall experience with the Canon is definitely much better. A lot more to hold on to and a lot better button placement. You also have to take into account maybe the community around you. If you have a lot of friends that you're going to shoot with that are Canon shooters, having other people that shoot the same camera is good because you can share each other's lenses. You have shared knowledge as well. And so that definitely is something that can help you out. Of course, these days there's so much information online and people sharing about their cameras that you can learn pretty much anything and not have to rely upon other people in your community. But that might be something that's of importance. If you're going to join a local camera club with the hopes of learning and gleaning information from those people, you might want to choose a camera manufacturer that they're all more comfortable with just so that you could be a little bit more in tune with what they're doing. Now, why would you choose the a6400 over the 90D? Well, Mirrorless isn't necessarily the only reason as Canon has their own mirrorless cameras and I really do like the EOS R line of cameras. I got to spend a lot of time with those earlier this year. Uh, but there are some things to be said about Sony and their a6400. Number one being the lower light performance is better in this camera than the 90D. Not only because it has that improved uh, native ISO expandability, but also just because its autofocus capabilities and lower light seem to be better than the 90D in my tests and my experiences too. Now there are other benefits of mirrorless that um, are, are a little bit more Sony specific. And one of those is the performance. The Sony cameras are fast. They're getting faster. The autofocus is getting better and better. And it seems like every year and even every firmware update, there's something new to be had there with a Sony camera. And so the performance is really good. The cameras are generally really fast. And so I have no complaints there as far as that goes. Size and weight is a big thing, I think, to compare, even if you're going to talk about mirrorless cameras with Canon, because Canon's mirrorless cameras, though a little bit smaller than their DSLRs, are still pretty heavy. Canon is definitely doing some cool things with their mirrorless lenses. That's another conversation to have later. But Sony is lighter and smaller. You're not really going to find a whole lot available from any other camera manufacturer that's going to be this small and have this much performance. And this is actually a big lens in comparison to several lenses that you can get there a lot smaller for your Sony a6400. I'll make sure to link to some of the lenses that I think are a great fit for the a6400 down in the description below. So some closing thoughts are this. Both cameras are going to get you great photo and video. There's no question there. Both cameras are excellent cameras. Canon and Sony definitely have put out 
about some great cameras there. Of course, the Sony is a little bit cheaper in this particular class. There are some more expensive cameras like the Sony a6500 and the a6600 that just started shipping. And so there's some comparisons there as well. And I may come back and talk about those in a later video. So make sure to subscribe to the channel here. But you're not gonna go wrong either way. If this is your first camera purchase, as far as a bigger camera like this, and you're coming from more of a point and shoot or maybe just using your smartphone, you're not gonna have a problem going either way. You really just comes down to deciding the size of the camera that you want and are any of those differences that I mentioned gonna be a big deal for you. A lot of them may be a big deal for a person like me that shoots all the time, or maybe somebody who's gonna actually go and shoot professionally, but for the average person who just wants a good camera that does a good job, that is fast, and that they can rely upon, you're not gonna go wrong in either way with these cameras, whether it be Canon or Sony, they're both fantastic. Now I did switch a number of years ago from Canon to Sony, but that's because Canon was just not doing well in their low light performance. The Sony cameras basically could see in the dark and I was having issues at most weddings that I was at with my Canons, seeing in the dark, shooting and autofocusing in lower light situations. And so I went with where the technology was advancing. But of course, Canon has not been asleep at the wheel anymore. They have been improving their cameras quite a bit and the low light performance has improved. It's still better with Sony, but it's still really good with Canon. And so there's not as big of a gap there as there once was, but I did switch. And so I'm primarily a Sony shooter now. Would I switch back to Canon? Well, I mean, once you're invested in a lot of lenses, you have purchased some lenses, you've kind of made up your mind for at least a while. It's gonna take you probably selling those lenses in order to move to a different platform, which can kind of be expensive. And so making your decision is gonna be heavy upon whether or not you have any existing camera equipment or whether maybe you have some available to you through friends or people that are close to you. Sometimes it's better to go with a common manufacturer to the people that are around you because then you can borrow and share gear with each other and have more of a variety without having to own everything. Now, if you don't have that around you at all, I highly recommend renting gear. I rent gear all the time from Lens Pro to Go, so much that they gave me my own coupon code, which is my first name, Jared, J-E-R-A-D. And if you use that coupon code, you'll save 15%. They actually don't even pay me for that. I just like sharing that because it's a great resource. And I'm a big believer in the fact that you should try before you buy. And because we don't have camera stores all over town anymore, like back in the day, you have to rent something and give it a try first. And that is nice because you can try it before you buy it. You could borrow it from Lens Pro to go use the camera for a week, send it back, and then make your purchase decision. You're definitely gonna save a lot of a headache down the road by trying it first, so use that coupon code. I've put links in the description below to everything I talked about in this video. Using those links helps support my channel here and keeps me making videos, so I appreciate it when you click on those. But that's gonna do it for this video. If you want, come join us in our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is all photographers and people who love taking pictures. We share and talk about cameras, we share our photos, and we have monthly photo challenges, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. So head on over to that. The link is down in the description below. So until next time, thanks for watching the video, and we'll see you back in the next video.